Welcome back to McLean's on the Hill. I'm Cormac McSweeney, Parliament Hill Bureau Chief for City News and Rogers Radio. Coming up on the show, John Geddes and Paul Wells join me to discuss the Trudeau government's priorities on foreign affairs, and we end off the show discussing global education with former Australian Prime Minister Julia Gillard. But first, we continue our in-depth interview with Defence Minister Harjeet Sajjan on the defence policy released this week by the Trudeau government. In the first half of our talk, we discussed questions and concerns around funding and our NATO commitments. But now, we'll move on to matters like cyber attacks, fighter jets, and drones. Let's talk about drones for a second. Uh, There are some ethical debates around the use of unmanned vehicles that are armed. Um, You know, there are people who say there's not the same judgment that you have, and there's a desensitivity when somebody is uh, firing a missile from a million miles away, acting as if it's a video game, as opposed to somebody who may be in a fighter jet and may see and actually have the experience of, of firing that missile for themselves. And there's a judgment call there. How do you how do you respond to some of the criticisms? When, uh, when it comes to remote policy systems, first of all, um, we're looking at air, ground, and underwater as well. And we've the remote policy systems play a crucial role for uh, surveillance uh, presence, um, especially here in Canada. We need to look at is the surveillance side of things for Arctic. We have um, uh, our coastlines uh, are, are vast. We know that we can't put a person uh, to cover every angle. So our, our reconnaissance surveillance of our coastline for our own sovereignty is very important. Plus. Uh, the, the our systems are going to allow greater flexibility uh, for our military leadership when, if our troops ever need uh, these type of resources. And but keep in mind the most important things about any equipment, whether it's a fighter jet or remote pilot systems. Every single engagement, every single operation goes through the very strict process, targeting process, and rules of engagement that we'll set out. It's how we use that. And unfortunately, um, uh, you know, the way this has been perceived, whether it's been through, through, um, through TV or other nations utilizing certain capabilities, doesn't mean our Canada will use it in the same manner. I'll give you an example. For example, uh, fighter jets in certain areas um, uh, for the safety of the pilot cannot fly in certain type of weather. Uh, but at least it allows a commander to make a judgment call of sending a remote pilot assistant to be able to make sure that we have the security uh, for our troops. But one thing I can assure you, the targeting process and the rules of engagement will, um, uh, are exactly the same for every asset that we have. And also, it's very also important to know, whether you're, drop, whether you're targeting uh, from a fighter aircraft at 25,000 feet versus uh, being somewhere else, that pilot or the pilot uh, anywhere else will go through a very strict targeting process. And Canada has always had a very uh, rigorous targeting process, uh, regardless of what we do. Chief of Defense Staff makes sure that the, the rules of engagement is always strict. It's in accordance with the uh, international law, the law of armed conflict, and especially our, um, Canadian law. And when will you buy the drones? How many drones are you going to buy? And how much are you looking at spending? So. Uh, when I launched the, the defense policy review, I said this policy will not be a shopping list. We are going to be talking about capabilities. For certain things, we did need to uh, uh, put out numbers because 
a lot of work has been done in the past. We need to get the costing right for them. For example, the combat service combatants that's going to replace our frigates, the number to give, we, are, we will be purchasing 15 and we're costing for it. 65 aircraft and uh, number the previous government put out, we need to be able to say that was not enough. And the, real, the realistic number is 88 so that we can actually live up to our commitments. But when it comes to other capabilities, um, the, num- the right num- uh, the number of U- uh, remote pilot systems. Now we, we will identify the uh, uh, the requirements for it, uh, and then we'll work out the detailed analysis for exactly the number that's needed, the type that's needed. For example, we'll also be able to be very mindful of, of the north, the extreme weather conditions that are up there. So we need to get the right system. Um, so we don't have the exact numbers exactly of what we're going to be saying we're buying because that work is going to start on that. But we have uh, identified in the policy that this capability is needed. Are you hoping to sign procurement contracts for a lot of these equipment buys before the 2019 election? Uh, in fact, actually, a lot of the work has already started on on the procurement. We want to move as quickly uh, as as possible. Uh, for example, we've uh, the joint supply ship. Um, the design for it was already announced. The combat service combatant design is being competed um, at, at at this moment, and we look forward to announcing that. Uh, the f- replacement of the permanent fighter fleet. The team has been selected. The work is ongoing, and we look forward to an- announcing the. Um, uh, uh, the R, um, RFP for that as well. So when, when when will that happen? Is is that going to happen before the next election, or, or is that going to happen before the end of this year? Oh, we will be doing it within our, within our mandate. Uh, the work has already started. We we want to move as quickly as possible, but we do want to do it in a manner that also respects all the rules and regulations. Uh, uh, but making sure that we actually have a process that we get the right equipment. And what I've said is we want to have a proper competition with our requirements so that our requirements are, are met. And then through a, if you do a proper competition, we'll get the right aircraft um, uh, for the Canadian Armed Forces. Yeah. Uh, but more, more importantly, we, we all those little things need to be worked out because it's not just about buying something off the shelf, interoperability, communications. There's so many things that need to be looked at, and that's why we need to make sure we take the time to get this right. A few more questions, very little time. I hope we can squeeze them in. Cyber attacks, uh, something that the military will now be looking at and handling. Um, the former FBI director, uh, James Comey, said in testimony in the U.S., he has no doubts the Russians were behind cyber intrusions during the last U.S. election. Um, is this the type of thing that your new cyber operatives will be targeting or looking at? The military um, uh, cyber capability is one tool as part of the, the wider government uh, when we look at our security. Um, uh, communication security establishment is the expert agency when it comes to protecting our uh, infrastructure and uh, our cyber defense. And what the military component allows us to do, because working in complex operations, whether it's, for example, in Iraq right now, um, uh, against Daesh, uh, making sure our systems are protected, making sure that we can shut down IED devices so that our troops, um, as they drive down the road, um, uh, that they don't explode. Those are those things that are so important to making sure that our we have the right capability. But when you look at the cyber protection of our nation, it's much broader than the military it, it itself. And that's why uh, Minister Goodale is leading that. Um, he's conducted... Uh, uh, the, the review, um, and we're working very hard to making sure that 
all the security agencies and that we have a, a comprehensive package that looks after uh, cyber defense from other uh, you know a- adversaries but also protecting our uh, our infrastructure as well and uh, just to be clear you said uh, with Daesh uh, ISIS um, so you're hoping the military could do cyber attacks on terrorist organizations like ISIS it's, it, when we look at cyber attacks, we have to be mindful of how that's uh, what we're talking about here. I'll give you an example. When you have uh, an IED, I'm just giving an elaboration on an example here, a facilitator that's teaching other people online how to build IEDs that potentially might uh, threaten our soldiers, being able to shut that down for the sake of safety of our troops. Those are the things that we're talking about. And there's many other aspects, obviously, to this. But those are the things that we're, we're talking uh, about. And to making sure that our troops are well protected in this evolving threat domain that, that we see. And we know that the groups like Daesh are increasing uh, their ability in, the, um, uh, in cyber as well. And we need to make sure that we always stay ahead of our adversaries on this. Last question for you, because I know you have to run, but um, the military has had this long-standing target of trying to make sure that its membership is made up of 25% women. Uh, there's still a long way to go for that. But was there any discussion at all uh, around this defense policy review of possibly uh, having gender equality within the military? Well, first of all, this defense policy, the number one focus is actually to focus on our people, um, making sure that they're looked after. And that's why the uh, that's what number one thing that we heard from Canadians during our consultations. And that's why it's in our first chapter of how we're going to look after our men and women, their benefits, looking after their fa- family as well. And also it's important for the Canadian Armed Forces to represent uh, Canada. And that means all its diversity to making sure that we actually increase our ability to uh, get the best and brightest and increase our pool. And we need to reach out uh, to women. So that goal of 25% is not a ceiling. It's, it's, a one, it's a ceiling that we'd like to exceed and we're going to work very hard to be able to move past that. And the ultimate goal is to get to gender parity. And uh, uh, it's a challenge that we're willing to take up and but I'm very proud of the work that the chief of defense staff has done on recruitment um, uh, so that we can create the, uh, the right environment reach our 25% uh, goal and look towards exceeding it but also to look at uh, increasing the diversity because it's not no longer it's just this is not about the right thing to do this is an operational necessity for the Canadian Armed Forces that so we get the best and brightest and we have all the right talent uh, for all the challenges that we face around the world Minister Sajjan thank you so much for your time today I really appreciate it. Great. Thank you so much. That was Defense Minister Harjeet Sajjan on the new defense policy released this week by the Trudeau government. Still to come, the McLean's panel weighs in on the defense policy and the government's foreign priorities. And later we speak with former Australian Prime Minister Julia Gillard.